Welcome back to the D's on Fire podcast. Once again, I'm Nick Frost, joined by Jordan McClough as we cover all things Duquesne sports. Uh, Jordan, this past week was a good one for men's soccer, a good one for cross country, and uh, volleyball got their first one of the season. So not all bad. No, no, not all bad. Definitely a good start. The, the men's soccer team just seem unstoppable at this point. Yeah. Uh, they they pitch they pitch another shutout, uh, winning their latest game two nothing. Um, I mean, it was the battle of the Dukes, James Madison Dukes versus Duquesne Dukes, um, and it was a, an early goal to start the game for us, and then uh, a goal early in the second half, and then that was about it from our offense side of things. But defensively, I mean, we're just we're just on fire. <laughs> the D is on fire. The D is on fire. <laughs> um, yeah, they... Goalie Dominic uh, Nashimbin, I really hope I pronounced that correctly, um, has just been a stonewall out there. He had, I think, five, five saves uh, on the evening, um, a few noteworthy ones, and, I mean, we've won – Four games to start the year. Three of them have been shutouts. Oh, yeah. And it, it looks like th- I think they're going to be coming up on number five. Fifth to win, and I think they're going to have another shutout there, too, yeah. to keep the streak going with Howard. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think they'll be good against Howard uh, on the 10th. I'm predicting that'll be a more comfortable win. We haven't really had one of those yet. Uh, I'm going 4-0 is my prediction for that one. Just get a nice, easy one, get the offense flowing. Uh, Still pitch another shutout. Got to keep that going strong. Oh, yeah. I wonder what the record is for, like, most consecutive shutouts, at least in the conference. I don't know. We'll, we'll look that up for next week. Yeah, I'll have to find that. Uh, but, and like I mentioned, volleyball got their first one of the season uh, in the first game of their tournament against uh, Canisius, three sets to one. That was what I predicted, uh, <laughs> as, as you brought up to me, uh, as it happened. So we went – I got one right on women's volleyball on the predictions. We don't need to go about the other games. It's fine. Uh, just had this one down to the set. <laughs> Told you I need, I'm going to have to get all your picks for the rest of the year. We're going to have to start keeping track. Yeah. I think, you know, I think you're going to have a good record if we do. We'll see. Uh, <laughs> for cross country, the men's team got second of eight teams at St. Francis. Uh, the women's team got first of the eight teams. So, Pretty, pretty good, uh, pretty good outing for them. Um, I don't, I didn't get much of the individual accolades from the meet, but um, I mean, the track team has been on the up and up since my freshman there year there ten years ago. So I'm sure, I'm sure they're still going in the right direction. Oh yeah, it's definitely a good way to start the year for them. I believe you have to add that to your tally too. I think you. I don't know if it was a win. I know you said they would do Oh, well. I said they were both wins. So I got one or two, right? One or two. You were close. You got a second yeah. place. I mean, out of yeah. eight teams, you can't complain with that one. 
No. Um, uh. And then <laughs> women's soccer came up just short against Buffalo, 1-0. So another another strong defensive outing by a Duquesne soccer team just came up a little short. Um, hopefully they bounce back this upcoming week along with volleyball. Uh, in the LeBron James family news, uh, they were somewhat close to Duquesne. They, they made the, their way to Ohio State. So, I mean, judging from their usual distance of California to Pittsburgh, Ohio State's <laughs> like right there. Um, Bronny gave his, his visit for OSU, took some pictures in Ohio State basketball stuff and posted them to his Instagram. Noted that he was uncommitted. Yes. So. <laughs> That's because his real commitment is with UK and he's just doing this for show. Right. Got to build Instagram up all the post. other, all the excitement and suspense, and then he'll just pop on over to Duquesne. It's fine. Oh, yeah. So Bryce didn't want to upset Coach Danbrot, didn't post any OSU stuff, didn't get on camera. He was just sitting back. Not even sure if he went to Ohio State. He might have just gone to Duquesne by himself for the weekend. <laughs> Just walked around incognito. Yeah, just you know where he's gonna be at. Just finding a good spot to sleep in, uh, in the coop, finding <laughs> his spot in the locker room. Oh yeah, he's getting he's getting ready. He's settling in. He'll he'll be there soon. Yeah, I'm not worried about him. And he'll be maybe we'll even get a year of Bronny staying with Duquesne too, and we'll get to see that. So, <laughs> absolutely. Um, Outside, outside of that, the, the, the other big game that we haven't touched on yet was the Youngstown State-Duquesne game. Oh. Uh, Duquesne now 0-5 against Youngstown State uh, in, their, in the school's matchups. Um, they, they started the game off great. Uh, first drive, drove down the field beautifully, got a quick 45-yard strike to Jamal, who was just on fire on offense, uh, has scored all three touchdowns for the Duquesne here. Um, and then, I mean, the turning point of the game really is the refs not calling a safety on the kickoff afterwards and calling a touchback. Yeah. Um, I, I thought the returner picked the ball up and then got smoked, and that's why it was a fumble. Uh, the refs apparently agreed with the announcers that I, I disagreed with much of the game. Yeah, that would have put us in a way better spot. And I mean, I feel like, you know, when you see that kind of kills the momentum a little when they turn that. Yeah. And I mean, the Youngstown State took that momentum and just buried it down the middle of our defense by running their all-star running back over and over again. Uh, Jaleel McLaughlin got 203 yards rushing on 20 carries with three touchdowns. And he added some receptions and receiving yards on top of that. I mean, he was just all over our defense. Yeah. He lived up to the hype. He really does just look like an all American year again. He's, he is unstoppable. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I, I mean, it's tough to say that our defense is, it's that concerning with the run because of the talent that they've started the year off with when it comes to running games, but at the same time, man, they've gotten run over these first two games. Yeah, it's, it's curious. I mean, Florida State, you know, they showed that they could go up against another, like, SEC school that they could still run the ball. So it wasn't like it was just against us, but two just tough, tough games to start the year for that run defense. Yeah, over, over 300 rushing yards allowed in the first game and then almost 300 rushing yards allowed in this one. Um, 
the quarterback for Youngstown State, honestly, uh, wasn't very accurate with his throws. If he was, this game really could have gotten ugly. Um, I mean, we Duke's lost by 17 points, uh, which was just a little more than what they, they gave for the spread. Um, but it could have been a lot worse. I mean, the, the quarterback threw behind receivers a lot. Um, I thought our defensive backs were there uh, for the most part, but at the same time, I don't know. It the the defense in and of itself hasn't been as strength as strong as I thought it would be going into the season. But again, we we started off against the two toughest opponents all year. Oh yeah, they will. Like you said, that Youngstown State is definitely the second best team that we will we will see all year, I believe. So hopefully now you know we go in here with Thomas Moore, nice little setup to before Hawaii. So. Hopefully we can start that off and get a win on the year. Yeah, the off the offense, I mean, our running game hasn't looked great. Similar issues, I think, where we've just been overmatched. Uh, the O-line had some turnover uh, this offseason, lost two main main guys on the offensive line, and we, we carried – we had 25 carries for 51 yards against Youngstown State, and that was – similar yards per carry against Florida State. Um, you know, I, I'm hoping there's more to it. Uh, Mishler had a lot of a lot of throws trying to pull off a comeback, um, and it, it didn't go our way. Three, all three interceptions, strangely, to linebackers. I, I don't know if it was a, just a consistent issue reading the defense or if the linebackers were just making – incredible plays but it seemed like two of them they he just missed the linebackers being there yeah and that's usually the case too i mean from firsthand experience to quarterbacks i mean all those to the linebackers he just has to probably just not settling in there hopefully feels a little more comfortable and we'll be able to watch the film and be ready for this week so we know he has it in him yeah and it might have just been timing routes where you know, you know the timing. You look one way and then you fire because you know the slant route's coming, and the linebacker was just there in the in the right spot. Um, so that was that was the lone bright spot I thought offensively was uh, Jana. For the most part, he sort of got uh, a stinger uh, after he scored a second touchdown. He ended up with over 100 receiving yards. We also had Dwayne Menders Jr. eclipse the 100-yard mark. Um, it was the first time two Duquesne receivers have been 100 yards or more in the same game since 2019. So it's been a few oh, wow. years. Um, so that's that's somewhat promising. And Menders, I mean, preseason we were thinking Isabella was going to be the main receiver, and he's he's now looking like he might be number three on the depth chart. So a lot of talent at wide receiver for the Dukes this year. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, that's always good. The guy you think is going to be number one ends up being number three. So we know we have the depth there. So just got to get the passing game going and spread it around, see what he has. But I know they'll turn it around as the year goes on. So, yeah. yeah. I, I referenced the announcers annoyed me a little bit throughout the game, but they did compliment the Dukes at the end. Uh, said they were much, they looked much more prepared, much improved since the last time the teams played. I think that was 2019 as well. Um, so there is there is some progress there, I guess. Um, and I will say this about the defense: 
it hasn't been consistent pressure every every passing play, but there's a lot of potential there for getting getting pressure on the quarterback and getting sacks with Todd Hill, Rizzo, Ty Howard. Um, it seems like they're getting to the quarterback a lot over the over the first two games against great competition. Oh yeah, no, they like you said, there's definitely some bright spots, you know, things to work on. Hopefully, they could take those positives the next week, forget the rest, and and start the, off this next week with the win of Thomas Moore. Yeah, and I mean, if you need a get right game after <laughs> after two tough teams, this looks like our get right game. Yes, <laughs> that is, this is hopefully the game for them to kind of be able to to show the run game, the pass game, the defense, you know, just kind of get ready for Hawaii the week after. So, And uh, to, to all of our listeners out there who are asking, who is Thomas Moore College? I've got, I've got some breakdown uh, <laughs> of some information for you. They're located in Crestview Hills, Kentucky. They're part of the National Association of Intercollegiate Athletics, a college athletics association for smaller colleges and universities in North America. Um, on July 13th, they announced that they've been granted provisional membership to the NCAA Division II, making them the only Division II university in northern Kentucky slash greater Cincinnati region. Um, there are some Division I schools, obviously, in that area, uh, Cincinnati University being one of them, um, Xavier being another. Uh, their coach, Chris Norwell, is in his first season as head coach. He's been a longtime assistant coach and defensive coordinator for the school. And... Uh, they they were five and five last year in the 10 games they played their best win uh from a number standpoint was 73 to 28 and their worst loss was a 47 to 0 shutout um so they they had really high highs last year and really low lows um i'm hoping unfortunately for them that this week will be a, a low in their season Oh yeah. <laughs> I mean, that is just such, that's stuff you don't really see a 73, 28 win <laughs> and then getting shut out and losing by 47. So hopefully we can give them some of that pitch a shutout and get that momentum going. <laughs> I mean, even especially with our run game, a run defense, the way it's been slacking, you said, this is the game to warm up. I mean, their leading rusher last year had what, 500 and 500 and some yards, 421. I'm sorry. So, I mean, this is, <laughs> this is the game. <laughs> yeah. In 10 games, he led the team with five rushing touchdowns and 421 rushing yards. So, you know, if, if we can hold him to under 42 rushing yards, For... I'll feel, I'll feel okay. Yes. Um, and their leading receiver last year, who is returning, uh, Rokes Dowdy. Uh, he was second on the team with 532 all purpose yards. Uh, I'm guessing they had some really big returns based off of, all-purpose yards, um, but Dowdy had 505 receiving yards last year in the 10 games, so about a 50-yard average. Uh, against Southeastern University, he had two two catches for 120 yards. Um, so, I mean, you take that game away, now it's nine games with 390 yards receiving or so. Um, <laughs> so, you know, it. I, I feel like the defense can make a turnaround here. Oh yeah, I agree. I would love to see a shutout or some, but even just, you know, 40 to seven, somewhere in that area, just to boost their confidence. Yeah. I, I view this season. game as, as similar to how Florida state probably viewed our game where, I mean, 
you you want what was TJ Penninger? He wanted to see the shutout. He wanted to see that happen more so than putting up an incredible amount of points. Obviously, you'd like both, but I I agree with him after seeing our struggles defensively against two top programs in college football at their respective levels. I'd really like to see our defense get get right this game. Oh yeah, I agree, hundred percent. I've definitely seen a shutout. Because, yeah, we need to see that moving going forward, especially with another FBS school right after that. We will definitely need the defense. And, and similar to Florida State, I, I feel like because they had Jackson State the year before, so that hurt our chances of, of catching them sleeping going into this, this year's game. I feel like because of our two losses to start the season, Thomas Moore is not going to have us sleeping. We're, the boys are going to be ready. They want to win bad at this point yeah they have to come into it into this game as they're playing a, a, one of the best teams this can't be an overlook they have to start out strong and and build that momentum because if not i mean you never know what could happen yeah so, I, and that's the last thing we need <laughs> i want to see a tw- 21 nothing score at, at the end of the first quarter that's that's what i want to see a quick start and just <laughs> keep hammering it after that um so that's that's our expectations for our game against Thomas Moore College for football. Uh, the other news that we just missed out on last time, the men's basketball schedule was released and the women's basketball non-conference schedule has been released. So uh, we can touch on those two items. Um, the interesting tidbits from the men's basketball schedule, there's only one away game in the non-conference portion of their schedule, and that's Kentucky for the Kentucky tournament. Uh, as of right now, the schedule is listed that the other two Kentucky tournament games will be hosted by Duquesne at home, which doesn't make much sense to me. So maybe there'll be neutral site games. I'm not sure. Um, but yeah, that, that's the only true <laughs> game on their entire non-conference schedule. And I don't really know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. I mean, I know we had a tough time last year, so it's good. At least, you know, we're home. We don't have to travel much kind of play in their home environment, but at the same time, just get preparing, you know, for the road games at those tough stadiums like Dayton and like say Bonaventure really missing out. So I'm unsure on how I feel about that just yet. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't think the non-conference schedule is going to prepare our team for the, the quality of play in the A-10, but I think it'll be a good way to build some confidence and, and hopefully improve on last year. Uh, I looked at the, uh, rankings from last year. I think it was uh, net rankings. We were rated 298th of the 358 games last year. So I know there's there's been a huge turnover in the roster from last year to this year, which is a, was definitely necessary. But I when I look at that, I say there's no such thing as easy games for Duquesne. No, no, they have to come into this game every game this year. Just like, again, as they're playing one of the top teams and just fight every time, they can't overlook anybody. So, and hopefully they're able to do that. I mean, it's really going to be hard. I mean, knock on wood to have a worse performance than last year. Yeah, I mean, non-conference schedule-wise, they they won a decent amount of games, not against the most difficult competition. Um, and then once we had conference play, it was all downhill. Uh, this year... I'm hoping, like, I, I when I looked over the schedule, I'm hoping just for at least 500 for the non-conference games. Ideally more, obviously, but just looking at 
our turnover and our the uncertainty of our team right now, anything above 500 would be a, a, a win in my book for the non-conference schedule. Yeah, I feel the same way. They have to have to hit at least 500. I mean, Dan Brott's record too with non-conference games is definitely a lot better. So hopefully that translate translates over, maybe even see eight to 12. I know that's a little optimistic, but who knows? They get things grooving early so they can kind of get on a roll. Yeah, and, and, and like, like I alluded to earlier, there's been a lot of turnover. It's tough to really read what the actual talent level of the team is going to be this year. Um, it, could, it could be that we're really – they gel uh, and they prep really well in the offseason, and, and they are a team that can win 10 of the 12 non-conference games. I mean, we don't even know two of the opponents because of the Kentucky tournament being TBD teams at the moment, but we know we're playing UK and that's, that, that's, that's one of, that's one of the losses I'm predicting. I'm going to go out on a limb and say that that's probably going to be a loss. Yeah. I'm, I'm safe to say we could chalk that one up as a loss. So that's okay. Um, And then the conference schedule starts right before the new year. Uh, we have Dayton at Dayton on December 28th. Hmm. I mean, Dayton fans are going to, they're going to fill the gym. They do it every game, every year. They're, they're probably one of the most dedicated fan bases in the A-10. Um, oh, yeah. And it, <laughs> and, and to start there in a year where Dayton's probably the preseason favorite to win the conference. Um yeah, it's 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 a rough first game in the conference. Oh yeah, especially potentially that they could start this season in the top twenty-five. Yeah, if not get there early. So I mean, this is a year for them that you know even more so that they're going to really be showing out. So that is a tough way to tough way to get started for our conference schedule. Yeah. Then after that game, we have a game that I think we'll be a lot more competitive in uh, our home opener for conference play, New Year's Eve against Rhode Island. I'll probably be there. Not gonna lie, probably show up at the game, uh, rooting them on. Um, hopefully, that's one of the wins in, in conference play. Um, after looking at the conference schedule, I mean, there's 18 games for our conference schedule right now. Hopefully, none are canceled. Um, my my goal is to win eight. Like not even like the, the bare minimum for me is below 500 in conference play. We've got Dayton, VCU. Uh, we play Fordham twice, so that's two Richmond. wins. Yeah. Uh, we have Richmond yeah. and St. Joe's. We've got Loyola, who I mean, they're going for, they're coming from a weaker conference, but they were a top team in that conference. It's gonna be interesting to see where they fit in. We played Davidson twice this year, I believe. Um, so there's there's a lot of good teams in the A ten. St. Bonaventure, St. Louis. Uh, St. Joe's, I think we played twice. Um, so there, there's some games that I can see us winning. There's some games it, it's going to take, it's going to take a massive improvement, uh, obviously from last year to this year to get me believing that we'll do well in conference play. Um, I think we can do a lot better than last year, which was one or two wins. Um, <laughs> but it's, it's going to take a big improvement to get up to the level that we were at a few years ago when we were thinking top four in the conference. Oh yeah. hundred percent. But we could, I mean, this year 
uh, we should definitely do better. I said we can't really have a worse year. There's a lot of games that they could win that can go both ways. So, but I'm pretty confident in a, you know, around the 14 win mark for the year, pulling out seven, maybe six wins in the conference. I'm still unsure. I'm very hesitant with the conference play. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I mean, basically from last year's expectations, 14 wins would be like the bare minimum, I think, for a successful season. I don't know. I, I honestly don't know what that would mean for Dan Brott's future if we go 14 and 16 this year. Um, so that is, that is an interesting thought because like even looking at this and thinking, all right, we're, we're better than last year, but how much better? To, to keep him as the head coach for Duquesne, I really wonder what, what our team needs to do. Yeah, I, that's a tough one, especially with them just bringing in Drew Joyce. Like to me, that almost signals – that, hey, we're just kind of – we're warming up the seat here for the for the transition. I mean, I, I think the only way you can really stay is they got to push 18 wins maybe on the year, getting up there somewhere, because it has to be a big improvement to show, uh, especially going into a sixth season. Um, and now let's go to a much more optimistic viewpoint, uh, at least from my stance, <laughs> which is the women's basketball non-conference uh, schedule was released. Um, <laughs> Their first three games are at home, uh, first half of November. They host Point Park in the uh, junior version of the city game, I suppose. Um, <laughs> Brown and Manhattan. Uh, so I think for just looking at, at those teams and what they've done, I think that's three wins for this to start the year. Uh, I mean, at home, so getting getting used to the season and then – Right after that, we played Pitt at Pitt for the city game. Um, that's always always a fun game. Last year was probably the first time in a while that Pitt's beaten Duquesne in the city game for the women's women's side of things. I'm sure, I'm sure Coach Burt uh, has a very sour taste in his mouth after last year, and he's he's ready to go. <laughs> oh yeah, and I will I will definitely be there for that one. I refuse to miss it. But I, I'm sure they're going to come back strong. He's not going to let this one slip away. And interestingly, this is probably the first year in in a while. I, I can't even guess how many years that Duquesne doesn't play uh, a big Power Five school um, or a Power Six conference school to start the year. Last year they played UCF at UCF. I understand that they're. I think they're in the American or um, something like that. So mm-hmm. still a top basketball. Um, conference. Um, they've played Syracuse to start off the seasons before. They played Texas to start off seasons before. They played a lot of big name schools typically to start the year, and typically that that has meant a loss to start the year. Um, but it showed it was a good measuring stick, is how I think Coach Burt uh, viewed those games. This year, I think he's realizing we need to build this team up, build the confidence up, build the wins up, so that they're stronger towards the end of the year. Um, and, and going in the right direction. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a good idea. You know, it is always nice to get out on the road and have that experience and go to these big schools, but to start it off this way, especially with a couple of home games, I think is going to be beneficial to start this season. So, In, in our time uh, being around the team, 
it definitely seemed like the most successful years were the years that the team was more focused on what they were doing than what their opponents are doing. Obviously, the coaching staff still going to scout each team as well as they always do. But I think, I think it'll give them some more time to focus on getting their own plays down, getting their own communication down, figuring out what their roles are, um, and just being more focused on how to make themselves better versus focusing on their opponents each game. Yeah. I mean, I'm excited to see. I think that's a great, great kind of way to go into this season. So hope that proves to be worth it. And I think it will. So uh, the other away non-conference games uh, outside of Pitt, which I mean, it's at Pitt. So it, it is an away game. It's not a neutral site game at uh, PPG paints arena or anything, but the other away non-conference games at Marshall uh, at Delaware and at Temple. Um, I mean, Temple, Delaware, Marshall, they're, they're generally pretty good uh, women's basketball programs. Delaware in particular um, has had had success with having one of the greatest women's basketball players to ever do it go there. Um, so that those those will be some interesting games. Uh, the, I think those will be somewhat of tests. And then they, they have they do have some opponents that had postseason success last year. Uh, in their home games as well. You have Tulsa, who made the second round of the WNIT. Uh, Kent State also made the second round of the WNIT. One thing I didn't mention about Tulsa, they actually beat us last year, so it'll be a good measuring stick to see how we rank against them compared to how we did last year. Um, Howard, uh, who was an NCAA tournament team last year, they kind of had a Cinderella run in their own conference tournament to get there, so um, we'll see if we can beat them uh, early on in the season. And then Albany was is another team that they're playing who was a 20-win team last year. And as as you and I know, Coach Burt really prided himself on Duquesne being a 20-win team program for a long time. And it, it's it's looking like this might be the year that they try to bounce back into that. Oh, 100%. You know, I mean, I think they've been kind of preparing. I think this schedule and the way they format it this year shows that as well, focusing on themselves and getting back to that point. So. Yeah, and um, as I mentioned, what I mean, the guys' team. What did I say? That uh, I was hoping for six, at least six of the twelve non-conference games as wins. I'm expecting, I'm hoping for ten of the thirteen non-conference games for the women's team to be wins. Um, obviously, op- optimistic here, but I mean, city game, W, Point Park, W, Brown, W. I see W's everywhere uh, when I look at these. You know, I do too. And I mean, it's, uh, there might be a little favoritism, you know, just being around the basketball team more, but, you know, and knowing how well coached they are and the type of players that they bring in died, I don't see any reason why they can't easily take 10 out of these 13 games to start the year. Yeah. I mean, they have, they have been recruiting local uh, players for a while now, uh, building that, that pipeline up. Um, and with the extra eligibility that has happened over the past few years, I'm excited to see what this group of – there's a lot more experience than there usually is, I think, in the past few years for Duquesne women's basketball too. So I'm hoping that that translates to a much more successful season this year. Oh, yeah, and we've seen that when there's been more experience on the court. That, you know, I mean, it translates to usually have a better season. So hopefully we could see that this year too. <laughs> Yeah. Um, all right. 
And so let's look at the schedule, upcoming schedule, make some predictions as to what's going to happen in these upcoming Duquesne sporting events. Um, let's see, next game for women's volleyball, they play September 9th. They've got two games, one against UT Chattanooga, one against Miami of Ohio. I'll say they beat UT Chattanooga and lose to Miami of Ohio in a close one. Um, that's that's my prediction for the ninth. And that looks like the only sporting event for the ninth for Duquesne. Then football, Thomas Moore. I mean, like I said, 40, I'll go 49 nothing. You know what, I'll go 49 nothing. We just keep, <laughs> keep scoring touchdowns throughout that game. Um, and just just bury them. I'll uh, say uh I'll say 30 38 nothing. Say 38. I definitely see the shutout in this game. And then uh volleyball ends their Chattanooga Classic tournament uh against Southern Indiana at 2 p.m. on Saturday. Uh I'll go I'll go win for volleyball there. Uh we'll go recess three sets of two. Okay. <laughs> Gonna, it's going to be a grind until they, they start getting in the groove of things. Um, <laughs> and then men's soccer versus Howard. Uh, already made my prediction there of a 4-0 win. Get, get some nice, easy goals in the start of the, start of the half and just get, get the boys moving. <laughs> so I think they have one more. They have another game before we'll get to record again. I believe they have Wright State. You know, we'll just chalk that. We'll take a 2-0 win. They, continue, they keep the shutout going. I'm really going to have to to find out the conference record for shutouts. Yeah, we're I mean, we're going to set it. So if we just, if we never look it up, it's fine. We'll just use <laughs> however many we get this season as the new conference record. Um and then we will be back before women's soccer plays uh against Rhode Island at home 7 p.m. start time. Um so we'll we'll touch on that next week. And then cross country also has their meet next week as well after we record. So we'll we'll touch on that next week as well. Um, and it looks like it looks like the men's are having an invitation like Robert Morris. The women are so oh they have they have half. Looks like it's split. Looks like half of the team will be in South Bend, Indiana, and half of them will be at Robert Morris. So that'll be interesting to see how that how that works. <laughs> yeah, um, that's very interesting. Yeah. So all right, um, and then in a few weeks, tennis starts their season up. Uh, so we'll add a new new sport to to try and cover. <laughs> um, <laughs> man. Oh man! But soon we're gonna be we're gonna have plenty. I'm gonna have to do lots of research. <laughs> we're <Yep>. gonna be. <laughs> and. Uh, well, while I ha we haven't uh, gone too far into detail, I think we might have to add a, a guest or two along here to try and teach us some things about about some of the teams um, that we don't aren't as familiar with. So we'll work on that as well. Hopefully, get some more informed uh, takes on on some of these programs. Right. I would love I would love to know more about volleyball. Yeah, and I mean the teams itself. Like we know what men's soccer is doing well. We know they're unstoppable and defensively <laughs> great. But if we could get comps to some some more famous teams or more famous players just to give a better picture of like what the play style is, who 
who the stars are. I think that'd be that'd be a good thing to do. Yeah, that'd be really interesting. <laughs> All right. Uh, and in other Duquesne news, just to wrap things up, uh, the School of Law has a new name uh, after a very generous donation by uh, Thomas Klein, a uh, famous attorney uh, based out in Philadelphia. Um, huge news for the university, huge amount of money going their way to improve the campus and, and school and ho hopefully bringing bring more academically and more uh, more national recognition, which could build up the sports programs even more. All right. And with that, uh, we'll bid you guys adieu. Hopefully when we come back, we'll have even more wins to talk about for next week. Yeah, I'm after all your predictions too, I'm gonna have to keep track. I'm gonna say you get four of them right. All right. It's your, so we'll see. All right. It's good, <laughs> a good over under game for yeah. the uh, <laughs> weekly podcast. Just when you begun to think it was safe, the dukes are back. A new attack, the usual place.